0: And now, the number one stand-up comedy podcast in Fiji.
1: What time is it? It's Clean Comedy Time!
0: Welcome to the
1: Clean Comedy Time podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells.
0: And I'm Brian
1: Atkinson. Today, our guest is Brian Atkinson.
0: Hey, I know that guy.
1: Brian is from the Riverside Park neighborhood in beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's performed in all but 45 of the United States. He is the co-founder of Clean Comedy Time and the co-host of this podcast. Today, we are going to talk to Brian about the good, the bad, and the funny. I come up with marketing ideas every once in a while. I they, they
0: try to share these things. I write letters off to the manufacturers, for example. I had a whole new campaign for Emodium. Do yourself a solid. <laughs> <laughs> they you're not listening to me. I, I don't want to hear that. A friend of mine came over the other day. I said, can you use your bathroom? Yeah, go right ahead. comes back even a flavor, dude you need a toilet brush in there <laughs> toilet brush yeah you have a toilet brush everybody's got a toilet brush you have a toilet brush so i got a toilet brush
1: i prefer paper <laughs> <laughs>
0: it may be clean comedy but it's also potty humor
1: <laughs> yeah, there there is room for bathroom jokes and clean comedy. That's okay. for sure. And well, Brian, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thanks, Aaron.
1: <laughs> I am excited about this.
0: As uh, am I. I've not prepared for this at all. I I have no idea what's coming.
1: Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I I should have explained to you the format of the podcast. So oh, you were sure, prepared. Sure.
0: But <laughs> yeah. Uh, that good, bad, and the funny uh, gave, gave it away, though I think so.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, you you've said that a time or two, I think, haven't you? I so, yeah. <laughs> well, Brian, again, this is uh, super exciting to have uh, you as the guest on the podcast because, of course, our our comedy journeys have uh, overlapped and mirrored each other. But uh, going back to the beginning for you, what uh, what was it that brought you into comedy?
0: Oh well, um, I would say that. Um at the very beginning, it was, uh, albums. Um, when I was a little kid, I had, uh, Bill Cosby albums, Steve Martin albums, um, uh, Bob Newhart, things like that. And I just thought that this is the greatest thing ever. And then of course, as I got older, it was Eddie Murphy and George Carlin and, and things like that. And I just could not quench that appetite for that. Um, and then I, I discovered that I had this voice and so I got into radio and when you get into radio, there's kind of this expectation that you're funny and, and that worked well for me. Um, as that went on, um, I was working in some, uh, uh, radio stations in the Ann Arbor area and there was, uh, an Ann Arbor comedy, uh, spot there at the arc. And, uh, I got asked as the local Radio personality. I was using my rock and roll quotes around that, <laughs> uh, which was odd because I was working at a country station. Uh, <laughs> they uh, they said, "Hey, come and um, be the MC of this comedy night." And then they they had a thing that was uh, not quite like um, like the art prize that we have uh, here in. Uh, Grand Rapids, but uh, they do movies at the park where they have a big parking lot, giant wall of a building. They would show movies on there. And I emceed uh, evenings like that. Um, and, you know, it was was on the radio and that kind of thing. So it just kind of flowed together. And, and then I got out of all of that uh, for many years. And just a few years ago, um, for my 50th birthday, my lovely wife, Holly, bought me uh, Steve Martin's masterclass on doing stand-up comedy. Mm. And I kind of devoured that and said, okay, I, I will enjoy this. This will be really fun. I'm going to do this because it'll be fun. And so I, I said, Oh, and Hey, here's a first timer showcase at, uh, um, laugh fest. And we're, we're kind of right here on the, on the cusp of laugh fest as, as we're recording this and as this is going to run later. Um, and that's uh and that's actually where you and I met at, at our first timer showcase uh, which was uh, March 16
1: 2019 18 yeah. 18 2018 Wow yeah, yeah. So there we are the, yeah so there, that's, there, that's there it m- is like yeah. so funny. it sounds like it sounds like uh, early on you developed a love for comedy and then later on that kind of deepened a little bit with some other formats and applications and then just kind of as opportunities came up you dove into it a bit. And then of course, uh, on that, uh, day, that was a huge day for both of us, March 16th, 2018. Uh, you really got serious about it and started pursuing (laughs) it. Huh? So, so,
0: so serious. So serious. (laughs) Yeah. So serious. Um, yeah, I was thinking also, uh, another like inspirational thing, and, and this isn't the serious part. This is just like, as a kid, all of the reruns of TV shows uh, of um, Dick Van Dyke and I Love Lucy and Hogan's Heroes and stuff like that. Um, watching the old uh, game shows where they had actors and comedians on there as panelists who just were all off the cuff. So funny. Um, but uh, I always thought Dick Van Dyke was a master because he actually did a, a, sh- a thing where he went to um, Robbie's, class who was you know bring your dad to work day and uh so he comes in to to do and they, tries to explain that he's a comedy writer and how do you explain that to a group <laughs> of seven-year-olds right that's, that's a tough he, crowd right there <laughs> I, yeah and he uh he did this he said if i just walk into the room that's perfectly expected and he steps out of the room he walks back in nothing big right he said but what if i do it like this and he steps out of the room and he walks back in and as he takes one step in, he's smiling, he's waving and he does a a famous Dick Van Dyke pratfall, just, you know, lays out completely and the kids lose their minds. And he asks them, why did you laugh? And because it was surprising, it was a surprise, it was unexpected and so on. And I, I was probably the age of those kids in the, in the class when I saw that. And I was like, that's what comedy is. Check.
1: <laughs> well, well, that's a, that is an early understanding of one of the fundamentals of comedy there. Cause you're right. It, it, it is, or he's right. It's all about surprise.
0: So I've always find myself, um, not just when I prepare material, but when I notice things in the, in the world, it's, there are things that surprise me and, i see something or hear something and my brain goes what 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 and and you know i notice the surprise in one way or another and then exaggerate and ex- extrapolate and run run away with it for a while like, mm-hmm. okay so where, where does this end up being and um yeah uh so um uh, stuff like that and uh the uh, different places where i've worked uh, it's it's been like that always as well. Is that you know a thing will happen at the office or a thing will happen uh, you know where I'm working or whatever. I used to uh, run a website. Uh, I worked for a company called Gospel Communications, and I was walking through customer service one day, and I said, "Brian, Brian, give me a hand. I said, yeah, what's going on? Do we have a audio version of the Red Letter Bible?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: I said, no, no,
0: no, we don't. But wait, we do have an audio version of the large print Bible. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Wait, Uh, I'll give you a sample. (laughs)
1: The world is out there, boy. That's one of my favorite bits that uh, you do, oh. Brian. And and if I remember right, that's actually a true story, right? Oh
0: yeah. Well, the the best jokes are always true stories. Um, so yeah, I was walking through uh, customer service, and I used to tell the joke in a way that I identified a friend of mine, and because um, <laughs> that's the way I remember it. And uh, and uh, she has said on a number of occasions. That did not happen, and so I don't mention her name anymore.
1: So, <laughs> she's she's uh, denying it, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I don't want her to feel uh, embarrassed about asking that question. But honestly, anybody, you're on the phone and you're under pressure, and people are asking you questions like crazy, and people are thrown off. Oh, do you have a um an audio Bible version of? Whatever you know, these different versions <laughs> or this peculiar Jewish transcription, or whatever it is, there, there's always some question that people are asking. I'm looking from a video that I saw in grade school in 1951, and uh, you know, <laughs> try to help people with stuff like that. And uh, you know, she's just answering questions, and I happen to be walking by. She's like, "Hey, um, yeah." And that question just hit her, and yeah, yeah. You, you, when you're in, under stress like that, you you can't possibly be expected to to notice what I did when I was just wandering by. Casually.
1: <laughs> well, and, and of course, uh, may, maybe not all of our listeners know, but the red letter Bible is uh, a version of the Bible where the words of Jesus are all in, written in red. So yeah. Do we it's have really an audio idea. version of the yeah. red letter? And then for you to see that parallel with the large print Bible, I, I think that's, uh, that's crafted very well, my friend.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the, the real um, red-letter version uh, is done uh, in a Russian accent. <laughs> yes, uh, in the beginning, the world without form and void. Uh, you see, that's a political joke about uh, a red states being a communist uh, states. You know, over the Iron Curtain, Not not United States, Red States. I'm referring to the the you know the old cold war style red states.
1: Yeah. Oh good, good. For a second I was like, boy, we we make it this long without getting uh political and then <laughs> and then we nope. get uh our you as a guest and <laughs> if I find that I'm being mean about something, yeah. uh it's probably not okay. Um there but if go. I'm uh laughing with people uh in a in a lighthearted and pleasant way, uh hopefully that's okay. And if it's not and people tell me it's not all right. I can respect that. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah, the um the audio bible one, uh, you know, we're in West Michigan. It's a very churched community. Um the the geographically around here, there's uh, the legend goes there's more churches than gas stations. Uh and uh, that's probably as, about right. <laughs> yeah, right. And as I've performed in various parts of West Michigan, I've found that there's an appetite for church humor even when you're not doing a church show. But when you are doing a church show, which is where we were when we recorded these, these bits, um, that's when the church material, I, I think, really delivers. A friend of mine invited me to visit his church. He played in the band. He said, you got to come see the church, and I'd love to, for you to come by. I said, yeah, sure. And we came, and it was, you know, a lot of contemporary churches, you know, kind of a warehouse space, rows of chairs. And on every chair, there was a Bible and a strip of red cloth. And the first song starts going, and they jump up, and they grab that piece of red cloth, and they start waving it up over their heads. A couple days go by, I bumped into my friend again. He said, Oh, I was right, I didn't get to talk to you after the service. how did you like the church? I said, Well, there were some red flags. <laughs>
1: I love how that, uh, that, uh, laughter just continues to ripple throughout there. That's great. Uh, by the way, uh, I've it, been to that church. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> he have all to that church. Um, yeah, no, it was a friend of mine. And, um, when I saw him a, a couple of days later, I, he I said, uh, yeah, I mean, the conversation that I went through there is really what happened. <laughs> And he said, how did you like it? I said, well, there were some red flags and he looked at me very puzzled. <laughs> and, and that's what you can't hear in the audio recording. It, that is the act out that goes with this is first whenever, when I'm waving the red, um, piece of cloth over my head, I've yeah. got this, it's, it's all hips and knees and butts and everything going every which
1: way <laughs> over
0: the head and, and pantomiming this strip of red cloth back and forth. And, um, and he, he asked, you know, how did you like it? I said, well, there were some red flags. And he just looked at me with the strangest, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? And I did that dance for him with cloth <laughs> over my head. And he got the best uh, reaction of, oh, my gosh. Like, he didn't realize that, you know, they were red flags as well as <laughs> being celebratory strips of red cloth in a, in a church. And, and that really wasn't the, the type of, um, uh, worship experience that my wife and I were looking for. We were happy to go and visit and, and, and see him and he's playing in the band and everything. Um, but yeah, that wasn't, uh, our, our comfy space when it, when it comes to worship.
1: Well, and if there's anything church should be, it's comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I,
0: I mean, I've I've got some really strong opinions about um, church in general, and mostly it goes. It's, it's like, you know, we we have one job, and that is to um, love people, and and then when we have loved them sufficiently, um, you know go, go out into the world and, um, make disciples baptizing them and and teaching them everything I've commanded you said Jesus. Um, and that, uh, yeah, I think, uh,
1: I think some things language. along those lines are, are written in red. In
0: yeah. The Bible. Uh, and they, they would be absolutely in, in a red letter version. Um, and of course in the, in the large print version, they'd appear differently.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's hard to scream love, love somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, what's that meme? It's, uh, you know, if, if you're going to scream, I love you, uh, do it in German, because uh, <laughs> it's just as affectionate, but also frightening.
1: Ich liebe dich! I love you, the German language. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so, you, so you've gotten into it a little bit, but it sounds like your process is basically to just experience life and then write about it, huh?
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, and sometimes it's seeing something out in the world. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, I can see something on TV, on the internet, whatever that is a trigger to something else. Um, like today I heard, uh, somebody say something to the, like, well here, let me be the voice of reason. And I thought, oh gosh, I'm always looking for jokes that have something to do with my voice. And I, you know, <laughs> hello, this is the voice of reason. And, uh, <laughs> and, and then make all, you know, don't follow your heart. Uh, it, something like that. I don't know where that's going yet. But, you know, uh, you know
1: here, here's a little live spitballing. Uh, there we go. Because yep. I, I think you're on to a, a really good bit there. I Personally, I'd love to uh, see a, a spin off of the word reason. Like, the you know in in your wonderful voice this is the voice of reason and then say you know the dog ate my homework or you know (laughs) start spitting out different Um, reasons but
0: wow yeah i like that a lot
1: excuses (laughs) yeah yeah this see you you never know what you're gonna get with this podcast (laughs) yeah
0: there you go. Okay. Well, kids, uh, you can look for that in uh in future uh stand-up comedy shows as they are able to happen again. Um uh yeah, so the dog ate my homework. Uh yeah, okay, got it. All right. Uh <laughs> I write them down on my phone. Uh I use the <laughs> note application and I write them down there. Um So
1: this is this is a real life example of your writing process. You've got so you've got your notepad open right now?
0: yep you betcha and uh so I'll, I'll even do the talk to text i'll uh i'll do the um the dog ate my homework period and yes i do add punctuation as i talk to text
1: all right okay <laughs> yeah. i'm a
0: huge nerd and a little bit cdo
1: <laughs> well uh, and uh you don't ever want to be looking back at your notes and get mad at yourself about missing a missing no. punctuation
0: no absolutely not that's that's Gotta be where it is, uh, and um, I I was w- we played the bit earlier, the um, kind of the toilet humor, and I've got quite a bit of it, but I took a a little time this week and kind of wrote it out. <clears throat> I wrote it out full, just word for word. This is how I say it. I listened to some, I listened to this clip. I listened to some other versions that I've done of it, and just wrote down okay. How would I say this, this, and this? What's what are the words? And then really dug into: Am I formatting this in a way that flows from one thing to the next to the next? Um, and uh, and that's where the red blue uh, thing came up. Here we are back in politics. The only red blue I care about is which version of Charmin you buy.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So th- and that's a new addition to that. So yeah. Um, Very nice. But that flows into um, underwear, the tidy whities and and it, there's a whole then series that comes out of uh, starts with the emodium and um, goes to the toilet brush, and then uh, and on from there. Um,
1: yeah, it's a it's a good good set, good progression through there of of jokes. Thanks a lot. I like it, sir. <laughs> and it's it's been it's been neat to watch. Uh, you develop as a comedian too, uh, cause especially when it comes to confidence, um, cause you know, as, as we all get more reps under our belt or more performances, some good, some bad, uh, we, we develop the ability to, to have an air of confidence and, and, uh, uh and all that up on stage. How do you feel about your confidence?
0: I will tell a story cause that's what I do. <laughs> When, um, <clears throat> when, uh, Holly and I got married, uh, Bob, our pastor, um, uh, was there's the part of the, the wedding service that you call it a eulogy or a speech or a sermon or whatever, but there's a part where he's talking specifically about the couple who are standing before him and talking to the audience about them and talking to them as well. Um, and he talked about, um, Holly, as he said he hardly has any memories of that church without Holly being part of it because she was there for 14 years. It was a really important part of her life, and um, and then when he switched over to and we all cried because absolutely, uh, and then switched over to me and uh, he said and then there's Brian.
1: Brian has <laughs> never so
0: lacked confidence. And uh, he killed with that joke. Uh, Absolutely brought the house down Uh, because people um, knew me. I'm enough of an extrovert and extroverts are we can't help ourselves for one thing. I mean, we just process everything outside out loud. And uh, so there's that. And that implies a sense of confidence because it's like, oh, we don't care what people are thinking. We honestly it's not that we don't care. We just aren't very cognizant of it uh we're really just if we're thinking our mouths are moving and vice versa you know it's one does not happen without the other so if you ever see me sitting quietly so what are you thinking about <laughs> oh, I, I promise you nothing <laughs> but nothing i <I'm> talking <laughs> i can start thinking about something um, so and so
1: you describe talking. yourself as uh an extrovert you would also in some settings describe yourself as an introvert though right uh
0: I am a shy extrovert. So uh, I'm an extrovert who is so hungry for the center of the spotlight, the stage. Um, I'm much more comfortable in front of a a very large room of people and, and talking to everyone. and Everybody's looking at me and, hey, look at me. I'm, you know, center of attention. I'm much more comfortable there than I am on a road trip with one other person. That, that's hell for me um okay because yeah because it's like oh now i have to actually pay attention and that's hard work and um and and i know that it's important uh and i know that um i, I guess i i sound like i'm a sociopath here and i'm, I'm not saying i'm not uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just the, the idea that um When I'm processing out loud and just, you know, riffing and everything, that's, that's where I'm most comfortable. But to have a sit down conversation where questions get beyond surface and so on, that's really hard for me. It's a lot of hard work to pay attention, to try to string thoughts together, so on. where I'm really shy is when I haven't yet been given permission or I haven't seen the room enough to know, Okay now it's okay for me to be myself. And it takes Mm. me a minute. So if I go to a comedy club where I've not been before and I, um, haven't met the headliner or haven't, or I'm the headliner or, you know, I haven't met the, the feature before the host and so on. I'm usually pretty quiet, just kind of feeling things out. Um, and I usually will busy myself with something to do something to do with my hands or I get a video recorder out or you know, have something technical to do so that I I've got a purpose. And, um, and then when I get to that feeling of comfortability, then it mm-hmm. and all comes bubbling, falling out of my mouth that way.
1: I see. So it sounds like you get a lot out of comedy. Oh
0: yeah. It's, um, uh, if, if you were to look at, uh, any of the personality tests, the, uh, uh Myers-Briggs personality test, the strength finder, um, and you look at, you know, lists of jobs that I should have, uh, up comedian is always there. Color commentator for sports is in there. Uh, weirdly park ranger. Not sure how that fits in. <laughs> um,
1: One of these things doesn't yeah. belong here. <laughs>
0: Just wrong. No. Like, you know, I probably answered the question of do, do you enjoy being outside? Uh, sure. You know, when the weather's nice. Um, so, oh yeah, you should be a park ranger. No, that makes no sense. Um, yeah, I, I. comedy. Um, so I'm not somebody who processes my, um, my personal psychology out loud from the stage. It's, it's really much more observational. It's much more, Um, seeing something, the things that surprise me, that's the stuff that I talk about on stage. Um, I'm, uh, any mental illness that I've had over the years of one form or another, I've dealt with, with 20 years of therapy. Um, and that's the place where I worked that stuff out so that I can have (laughs) conversations with people, uh, (laughs) um, and and uh, so I can have good relationships with people, so that I can um, be a better um, friend, son, brother, uh, husband, all of those things. Um, and uh, and if it were not for the therapy that I did in my uh, early mid twenties and beyond, uh, I certainly wouldn't be having this conversation with you today. I I wouldn't have been able to get myself together to a point where um I I would have been able to do comedy and been able to maintain relationships. Um, that's, you know, just, I'm so thankful that I, that I had that opportunity and, and was able to work through that kind of stuff. You know, don't use the stage as therapy. Just imagine if you were, you know, going to a therapist and every time you had a breakthrough, they laughed at you. It It's, <laughs> that's not helpful. Um,
1: well, it sounds like uh, the process that you went through uh, with, with therapy and, and growing and healing there, um, sounds like that was a really valuable and, and good process to go through, huh?
0: For sure.
1: Well, I'm personally glad that uh, uh, you've grown through that and healed through that uh, because I appreciate your comedy. I appreciate your partnership and in clean comedy time, and uh, I appreciate you, my friend.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back.
1: This pandemic has shown that nobody knows what tomorrow will bring.
0: It's changed comedy. We miss performing in person.
1: We're looking forward to laughing together again just as soon as it is safe and appropriate to do so. So what are we doing about that? Well, we are booking live shows for future dates. And while we ramp up, we're waiving deposits and cancellation fees. So contact us today to bring Clean Comedy Time to your local comedy club, church, corporate event, or fundraiser. Whatever you got, we can be there. We are easy to find at cleancomedytime.com. Until then,
0: stay home, stay safe, wear a mask, and wash your hands.
1: back brian thank you so much for sharing a bit about uh your comedic process and your journey um as you know we tend to get a little bit deeper in this uh podcast and i always like to ask people uh what's going well so what's what's going well in your life brian
0: this is a good warm-up for me it's good Uh, we'll get to the what's going well first before i have to get too deep yeah um i i will say that um the you know, we're kind of uh, still well into uh, a year of uh, stay at home and um, COVID safety and restrictions and those kinds of things. And throughout all of that, um, there's been a number of things. Um, my wife and I have uh, really you know, just kind of looked at each other every few days and it's like, yeah, we're not sick of each other. This is good. Um, and that's been terrific.
1: What, what do you uh, attribute I, that to?
0: <clears throat> I would love to say that it's me, but it's, <laughs> um, no, we, we have, uh, we have some rules. Um, and rule number one is use your words. And so when there's something that's bothering one of us, or that's you know if <laughs> this is going to sound familiar if something's going well or something's not going well we are required to talk about it mm. um we actually just tell each other stuff when we were dating she was telling a friend of hers about me and she said uh yeah the weirdest thing about dating Brian is that he told me what he needed he told me how to love him. And I did that and he felt loved.
1: Wow. So it sounds like communication is (laughs) at the heart of it, huh?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or we just say, use your
1: words. (laughs) And,
0: and that's, it's, it's not just, Oh, Hey, this is really bothering me. We need to talk about it. No, no, no. It's, it's the, Um, here are some things I like about you and I'm so pleased that you're here. If I I can't imagine going through quarantine with anybody, but her, it's just, um, and I, I made the comment earlier that, uh, going on a long road trip, just two people in a car, she is the exception to that.
1: (laughs) Well, if you're going to pick one, (laughs) she's a good exception. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, I never feel, um, out of sorts with her. I never feel that I'm, um, living up to anything. I never feel like I'm, um, you know, I owe anything. It's, it's all a matter of, um, not, not, not only using our words, but also, uh, we have a, uh, nice to each other contest. Um, uh-huh. uh, it's how we just approach our marriage that it's, it's all about who can be nicer to the other person. Um, and i got to tell you i am killing it i am just yeah. absolutely you're crushing
1: that. her crushing I, her at niceness
0: that's the wrong um i i am really uncomfortable with that part of the the comedy jargon uh <laughs> if i'm killing or crushing i'm doing it ironically cuz it just doesn't look <laughs> like that it just sounds terrible yeah. um but, but with with her um i i'd like to think that i'm being a good husband i'd like to think that i'm doing a good job Um, and, and she would probably tell you I am. And, and she could also tell stories of when I'm not doing it well, but she can tell that story because we talked about it. We used our words. Um, so that's been a a tremendous thing. Um, another thing that went well, uh, in the last year is I read a book.
1: Well, congratulations. (laughs) What, what book did you read?
0: Well, I'll tell you. I, I read a book written by a comedian, um, friend of ours, uh, Robert G Lee wrote a book, uh, a comedian explains the universe, God and everything. And, uh, it's called what's the big idea. A comedian explains God, the universe and everything. And, um, I had taken a class with him. I, uh, he had released the book a couple of weeks after the class ended. I got a copy of the book and I said, darn it, I'm going to read this book. Um, and my wife and I joke about this a lot because she can read like on her um, Kindle or one of the different apps and so on, she'll burn through a book a day, two books a day, 10 books a week, whatever the number is, it's way up there. She just cranks through these things. She's a voracious reader. And I am a very slow reader, partially because as an extrovert, I process everything out loud. So the speed at which I can read aloud is the speed at which I can read internally. So it, it, I see people zipping through books and I'm like, what are you doing? How are you doing? You know, Cause I'm in my head sounding out every word. Yeah. The upside to that is when I'm, um, reading a script for a voiceover work or, um, I've done a couple of audio books or things like that. I really don't need a second take most of the time.
1: Most mm-hmm. of the
0: time it's just boom. It's one and done. Um, I've had uh, producers that I've worked with, um, I, they give me the script and they um, will uh, say, okay, we need to deliver this part in 15 seconds and you get six seconds for this and this kind of thing and, and hear the beats and I'll have them play if there's background music, play the background music for me once, okay, and then psh, do it. And I uh, will hit the posts through that music without hearing it. Um, it it's just that's how my brain works. The downside of that is I read a book in the last year. <laughs> um, and it was a really good book and uh, I will, I will plug that book uh, until I forget about it at some point. But um, uh, yeah. yeah, I just review on, on the, uh, on the Amazon there.
1: On that there, Amazon.
0: I gotta be honest. I, I did read a couple of other books, um, but more like, uh, I just got to skim through these cause I got to get the material. But um, as we had, uh, our guest, Jeff Shaw on a couple of weeks ago, uh, he mentioned the uh, comedy Bible Mm -hmm. and I have that up. It has been delivered to my home and it is my next book. And so this time next year, (laughs) I read the comedy Bible.
1: All right. All right. Well, uh, those are two things that, uh, I think are very good. I think, uh, um, you know, reading and, you know, uh, expanding your knowledge base and deepening all that. uh, That's a wonderful thing, but way above and beyond that, you know, to have that good and growing and healthy relationship with your, with your wife. That is, uh, that's incredible, man. I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. That's, uh, just a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a little comedy deal, she and I, and that is, um, I'm permitted to tell stories about her on stage, but they have to be true or at least (laughs) in truth. And she and I have talked about the exaggerate and extrapolate. Um, And in the toilet humor, there's, uh, there's one that I talk about where um, uh, we try to keep our marriage very civil. Um, We close the bathroom door, which I think is another big reason why we (laughs) each other. Um, kind of
1: buried the lead there. I think that's. Uh... <laughs>
0: yeah. And um, we keep that door closed, but we still talk to each other through the door. Because <laughs> see rule number one, use your words. And uh, she was in there and um, or I was in there and I noticed, oh, gosh, hey, we're almost out of toilet paper. And she said, really, how did that happen? And I <laughs> laughed myself into tears while um, I was indisposed and, uh, and so that then I just tell that story on stage for the most part, but then I launch into a whole slew of other things that go with that. But that's, that's one of those true stories and whether she was being funny, trying to be funny or being serious and so on, that's not the point. It's the words were so good in that moment. Um, and I, I wouldn't change a one of them.
1: Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that there are things going well. Uh Brian, what's something that you're struggling with right now? Sure.
0: Um of course, um there's uh we, we've been under a pandemic for about a year. Uh that's that sucks. That's terrible. Um uh, I have found that the way that I've gotten through that is I really separate myself from um, missing things. I on social media and talking to people and family members and so on. The majority of people I see who are fretting and stressing about it, the thing that they talk about, or you hear the expression, um, you know, which dog do you feed? Um, it, the, the dog that they're feeding is I miss doing and seeing and doing all these things. And that's the thing that they talk about. Like, okay, you've said that once. How often does one need to say that before it just becomes worry, before it becomes the thing that you turn over and over, um, like a rock that you're just turning over and over and looking at the bugs underneath it every time you turn it over. Um, So very early on, I said, well, yeah, um, I miss all of these things done. How how am I going to um, think and behave, um, and process in ways that are, uh, things are changing. We'll, we'll go to those things again. At some point, they may look different. Uh, there's no way to know. Um, and there's, and there's no real, um, mile marker along the way. There's no end in sight. There's no, um, uh, progress that shows, well, here's where you were, here's where you are now, and here's the end. You can see the end down there. So, and I think part of the, the reason why the, the vaccine and, and things like that are giving people such hope is it starts to feel like, okay, now we're seeing progress, which we did not see for so long. And, and that's why people were stressing about it and fretting over it. Um, so it, this sounds like it's a good thing, but I, I promise I'm gonna get to the, the thing that's not going so well. The downside of all of that is that i really separated myself from um feeling all the feelings of um of missing things of missing people and so on and that can make me seem aloof it can make me seem uncaring it can make me seem um that you know i gosh you know i i just don't care about people or whatever and and nothing could be further from the truth what it really comes down to is I went into self-preservation mode and flipped that switch in my head. This is okay. I'm not, I'm just not going to think about or talk about those things so that I am a pleasant person for the next, however long this takes. Uh, and now as we're getting to a point where um, I need to uh, get into, oh, okay, now these things are going to start becoming available again. Um, I'm being very intentional about Uh, Looking forward to them about uh, and doing so cautiously and slowly so that I have I give myself time to process that uh, and and try to be ready when that time comes, whether that's eating indoors at a restaurant or doing a comedy show, um, going over to a friend's house and seeing the inside of it. Uh, You know, those are all things that I've I've not done in the last year. And I, and I will, um, in probably fairly short order as, as it seems to be, um, uh, like we're going to be doing this in, in the next few months. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. And, um, but I also know that, um, I've probably distanced myself from people outside of my household. Um, in and that I have not been, um, at the same place emotionally that they've been. And I haven't been a great listener in that. And that's the stuff that I worry about is, um, am I, am I being a good friend? Am I being a good brother, son, husband, so on? Uh, I think I got the husband part down at home. You know, Holly and I talk all the time. Um, but even there, we don't talk about the, I really miss this. Every once in a while we say this sucks. I hate this part. Um, but, (laughs) but then we talk about other things. Uh, so I, as I get to the point where I've got to, um, start getting back to those things, I, I can tell that it's just going to come a bubbling up at some point and, uh, trying to be prepared for that when it does.
1: Well, th- thanks for sharing that, Brian. Yeah. It's, uh, That's
0: the job tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and this, uh, this pandemic has been really difficult, uh, for everybody. I have not talked to anybody, nor do I ever expect to talk to anybody that has said that they're just sailing through this. Uh, This is tough. And I'd like to encourage you, Brian, to just to cut yourself a little bit of slack. Um, Clicking into self-preservation mode, that's something that you've had to do for self-preservation, Oh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, and, and, and I would I would just like to encourage you that um, in dealing with this, uh, we all have clicked into self-preservation mode. We all have tried to figure out outlets to grasp a hold of some semblance of control, you know, and it's uh, none of us have dealt with it well. <laughs> I don't think, I, but we've all well, but many of us have survived it.
0: Um, yeah. It's we uh, all process it differently in in ways that are most accessible to us, um, and for some people, um, and as you know, I, I'm going to say it this time, Aaron, uh, coming from a recovery background, <laughs> um, I, I'm sure you it's been easy to imagine how you know if it were not for the grace of God and the, um, uh, wonderful programs and sponsors and, and people who have helped you through it. Um, that, uh, pandemic would have been a, uh, you know, a, a drunken disorderly binge for you pretty easily. Uh, it, I, yeah, I met...
1: there there's no question. Had I not experienced the healing and recovery that I experienced, uh, through a Christ centered recovery program, celebrate recovery. Um, my relationship if it would have still been there uh would not have survived the pandemic there's no way i could have uh had the wounds that i had untreated and had the habits that i had developed as a crutch to get through things um and ended up okay so yeah i'm i'm wildly grateful that uh that I've experienced that. And, and just like you were talking about in the, in the first half a little bit, how, um, you know, you've gone through your own therapy and healing process and, and the things that we gain by being open and honest about some of our struggles uh, they've helped out a lot in the pandemic. You know, you know, you talk about, you know, saying, Hey, I missed this for me it's gone beyond missing things. Um, I've, I've had to mourn things, you know, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a process of mourning, (laughs) you know, it's a process of, of, uh, letting go and putting to bed some things, you know, and, and, uh, you know, yeah, um, we can be hopeful that, that they'll come back, but, uh, this has been, a traumatic experience. I, I can relate totally with what you're talking about, how, you know, as we get a year deep into this, you know, some mm-hmm. cracks begin to show this is trauma that we've all experienced. This trauma that I've experienced this, you you talking about um, connecting with, uh, you know, with with other people or losing that connection with other people. It's it's traumatic. And uh, I think we all need to cut ourselves just a little bit of grace a little bit of slack and uh, just allow for uh, continued pain and difficulty in dealing with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I find um, I am happiest if I cut myself a slice of pie.
1: You know, that's the big takeaway here. There's there's About all of this. Yeah, there's there's pie, nothing that pie can't help. Uh, <laughs> and and. <laughs> you know, see, that's, that is one of the, one of the things humor is so wonderful. I'm, I'm so blessed to have found humor and, I, and I know you've described the process or the role of humor in your, in your own life. Um, it's, it's just amazing how that tension builds up and just the release of tension from a laugh is just so healing and so powerful.
0: I'm uh, excited um, knowing that uh, as we're recording this and, and these come out uh, usually a little, a little ways after we record them, um, we're going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, if all goes well and you know, there's still plenty of ifs there, but if there's, uh, if this goes the way that we think it's going to go, um as this episode comes out as it drops uh, in early april uh we will have a uh a comedy show uh at the end of the week uh, which is i think an extraordinary thing to be able to look forward to um uh to see you know the the people that uh, Aaron you've put this show together you're the producer of this one and um gotten the the crew together and the and the venue and everything um and we'll be sure to point people to the clean comedy com, and uh, you can click on the shows and and see uh, where those are, how to get tickets and so on. Um, And if you're hearing this, you probably want to get your tickets right away because they're still going to be limited. I'm sure.
1: You said it earlier and you said it right there. Um, It feels like uh, even though there's still traumatic things going on, it feels like we're turning a corner. It feels like we can look ahead to the horizon and see that. And yeah, April 10th, that show, um, man, that's a big mile marker. Uh, for us, that's that's something that I'm so excited about. Uh, speaking of clean comedy time, Brian, uh, how can people reach you if they'd like to?
0: Oh, terrific! Well, uh, of course, uh, we just mentioned cleancomedytime.com. That's the the partnership that Aaron and I have of uh, doing clean comedy uh, at a variety of different venues, churches, showcases, fundraisers, um, theaters, uh, comedy clubs. Um, we're available to a, a lot of uh, different types of things there. And we bring other comics with us and you've been listening to this podcast. You know, that's what we do. And, and we talk to them here, um, for myself, um, you can find me at, uh, my website, Brian, Um, I've also got a website. I have a bunch of websites. Um, I have a website that's uh, primarily for my, uh, voice work and that is, uh, kinson.us, K-I-N-S-O-N.us. And the only reason I have that website is so that the email address I have works, and that is brian at kinson.us. <laughs> if you aren't following that yet, you, you need to look at it a few times. Um, and then uh, over the last uh, couple of months, uh, I took over a website that I'd been working with a friend on over the years, and he kind of was just done with it, hadn't really done anything with it in a few years, and so I picked it back up. And that is up and running, um, posting a pun pretty much every day, uh, every weekday, uh, on terrible puns.org. And those are, you imagine those tear off things on the bulletin board. It's that kind of tear, terrible puns.org. Um, so those are there. Um, I'm easy to find on, um, Facebook, social media, Instagram, Twitter is all Brian, a comedian and, um. Then uh, also, if you were to look for Brian Atkinson uh, on uh, Amazon, iTunes, or on Audible, uh, you would find me as a narrator of a couple of different audiobooks. And we'll be sure to put links to all of this stuff along with the podcast so you can uh, quickly click and uh, explore all that nonsense.
1: Well, Brian, you're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) And everything <laughs> very nice very nice well brian uh this has been so fun to chat with you i i appreciate you taking the time to uh sit in the other seat uh during this podcast and and digging deep on uh, some things so i appreciate you doing that i appreciate you i appreciate your partnership i appreciate your humor and uh i certainly appreciate your friendship
0: Yeah, you too, Aaron. Thanks, man. This was a lot of fun. It was entirely my pleasure to do um, both uh, uh, to work with you on this adventure that we have and, and to be here tonight on the Clean Comedy Time Podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast.
0: We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events.
1: Our shows are free from coarse language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere.
0: Check out cleancomedytime.com
1: to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you.